This is the Amazing Education Podcast. Powered by the Ames Community School District, I'm your host, Eric Smith. On today's episode, we are joined by Emergency Management Coordinator of Ames Public Schools, Dr. Kathy Arnold. We're going to have an amazing conversation about the complexities that COVID-19 has had on schools and how she balances it all on a daily basis. Okay, Dr. Kathy Arnold, thanks for being on this episode of the Amazing Education Podcast. How are you? I am doing great. So when you came on into this position, I mean, I guess you knew that, you know, as emergency management coordinator for our school district, you know, uh, the primary responsibility would be around this pandemic and and COVID-19. And talk us through how it has evolved and maybe changed for you in this position, because I remember March, you know, I think COVID-19 is going to be one of those situations where you remember where you were like when it finally hit you. And I certainly remember where I was when, you know, we found out that schools were changing and there was just a lot of uncertainty and we didn't really know what we were dealing with at the time. And and now, although it clearly, you know, the pandemic continues to to rage on, we have a at least a better understanding or we've lived with it now for, you know, nine months so it's just kind of settled in more. So talk talk to me about how all of this started for you. Well, it, it was interesting. I had, due to the pandemic, I was working for uh, a university teaching online for a university in Missouri. And so my hours were getting cut because of changes. I teach nurses. So they were shifting more to working at the bedside than worrying about their education at that moment. Yeah. And so um, I started looking for my own local opportunity to say, hey, what, what's out there? And when I happened across, I just happened across the posting for the job, I went, oh goodness, did someone just write a job for me? Um, which is rare, but uh, my background is in um, pretty much hospital education, hospital um, emergency management stuff in the, from a hospital setting, not, definitely not from a school setting. Yeah. Um, but when I looked at it, I, I, I showed it to my husband and, you know, he's like, well, that, that sounds kind of like you. And I said, yeah. And I said, you know, uh, you know, we're thinking through it. And I said, I love logistics. I now think I don't love logistics as much as I used to love <laughs> logistics no, I get it. Um, I as get things it. have changed. Yeah. But so when I started out, you know, trying to look at the position and figure out what does this mean? What, you know, we're, we were starting from nothing. I started August 3rd. Um, you guys had already been doing stuff for months, yeah. right? So trying to get, get on board, but also the fact that there was no guidance out there to say, this is what you should do. There wasn't that nice book off the shelf that you pick, and here's the policy manual for all the things that you have to do. Yeah. So, um, you know, initially it was that development of what policies do we need? What's our process? All, all the annoying process flows that you guys got to see me do yeah. because it was like, how do you, and for me, sometimes that's how I think through it, you know, step A, then step B. Um, but then once we got into school, then it's it's that ever-changing nature of this pandemic. You, What we knew on September 1st is completely different in some ways than what we know now, right? Yeah. And so um, how we thought we were going to handle things, you try it and you go, yeah, that was a great idea. No. Nope. <laughs> well, I mean, I think we'll, we'll get to actually some of those yep. um, because there is a big difference when you're in the idea stage mm-hmm. of, of planning and clearly, you know, you identified it. No one has been through this. And that, nope. that isn't unique to education. That is every industry. Well, I can tell you um, 
from a personal standpoint, but also from a district standpoint, you have been absolutely great for us. I don't know how, I don't know how we would function as a district. Like I can't envision it. And quite honestly, I'm not going to try to envision it because I don't, (laughs) I don't want to. Um, So walk through what you, like, what does your outside of a podcast today, what, what would your day be today? Right. So how I, how I've had to also adjust my own, um, day and how I work and what, what, what the needs are. So, um, I start work probably about 6.15 or 6.30. Cause my first thing that I do is to compile the information for our dashboard, mm-hmm. um, as well as our director's roundtable report, where we give that those local conditions on what's happening. Um, and that means a lot of spreadsheets really early in the morning with a big cup of coffee. Uh, but trying to get that, those disparate pieces of information, have we rolled people on to, our metrics, who's rolling off because they're out of quarantine now or they're out of isolation and trying to pull all those pieces together. So that's what I start off with. Um, and then there's a lot uh, now that we've, again, policies have been developed in our practices. It's a lot of Q&A. It's a lot of phone calls, yeah. um, which I love. Actually, I love getting the phone calls from staff because again, there isn't an easy answer. It's not, okay, I've been exposed. All right, well, on day this, this, you're done. It's a little more than that. It's do you have kids in your home? If you if the person's in your home, are you, how do you isolate from them? So it's a lot of problem solving yeah. um, with staff, with parents, sometimes with the school nurses. We talk, um, I talk to most of them all, multiple times a week. Just again, because no one's gone through it, trying to think through. You think you've thought of every scenario of ways that things are going to happen, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh wow, okay, let's think through that. Yeah. Um, so it's a, a balance of that, and then when I have free time, um, <laughs> I try to go through, I go through the CDC websites and do a lot of research on, because things are changing still. Yeah. You know, what, oh, I just noticed the CDC updated something on, you know, December 3rd or whatever. Okay, well, let's look through what are those changes and how does that impact us? And then comparing what does the CDC say, CDC say versus Iowa yeah. um, and trying to then look at those decision-making uh what's the safest thing and, and but using a balance too because yeah. it's all about risk mitigation and what where that balance point is. So I was going to come to this a little bit later, but I think it's a good point to talk about it now. I, from a communication standpoint, we got to a point this summer and I don't I don't there wasn't a moment, but I, I, I could feel it um, not only in myself but in the community where there was just so much information being consumed and there was a lot coming from the district at the time and so but that's just one part of our community's life is w- the school. Then you also have social media, you have news, you have, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, there's media everywhere and and just content around this topic. And I came to the understanding that regardless of the decision that, that we made as a district, and, you know, we take a lot of factors and we can talk through that. There's a lot of variables that go into decision-making as a, as a district, but ultimately, oftentimes the decision is, it's a change from the norm. Like, you know, the norm is we have our students in our buildings and we're teaching and we're learning and goodness, wouldn't we love to be there again? And, you know, and partly we are there now, but, you know, things can change again. But there was a point where anybody could point to a piece of information that supported what they wanted to do. And that's on every side. And so, 
as a person who looks at this, I mean, you kind of alluded to it. What does the CDC say? What does the Iowa Department of Public Health say? And sometimes they're not the same. And then there's, you know, a university that's doing research about, you know, this topic and that. How do you wade through it all? You know, it's interesting. When I was putting together the policies and the procedures at the beginning, when I first started, I, I went to where I normally go to. You go to the research, you go to the journals, and then you realize very quickly that there's nothing there, right? It's new. There is. <laughs> yeah, right. And so I, I had laughed at the beginning that I was, you know, when I was creating my citations for things, one of them was a podcast, you know, that, you know, sure. Dr. Fauci was on a podcast saying something because yeah. there is no documentation. Um, so it, it's really trying to weigh the resources, right, and mm-hmm. see, look at the things that, that as a, a doctorally prepared person, look at that research. Is it good research? Yeah. Sometimes you don't know, right? Um, there's research internationally. Does in an international school in Denmark, how does that compare to Iowa, yeah, to Ames? Right. What are the differences? How are their classrooms set up? You know, it, how transferable is that research? And yeah. really trying to, to evaluate that. And it's, it is a challenge because anyone will say, well, this one study says this or mm-hmm. this one. And you can find, in, in a lot of ways, some ways you can find anything to answer the question the way you want it to. Yeah, so it, absolutely. So it's really weighing that and seeing how is this similar to our environment? How is it dissimilar? Um, and then everything, and, and you hear me say this, you know, it's, it's a risk-benefit, right? Yeah. So what's our risk? What, you know, what's our comfort level? There, you know, it would be so easy, again, if it was a black-and-white decision of, well, this says this, and then we do this. Well, it's, it's more complex than, than one factor, which makes it a pain. Yeah. <laughs> it. I read something the other day that we should stop using the term, you know, these unprecedented times. Because at this point, it just kind of is, you know, I, across the world. But in, in, in our country, I always think of, I go back to March, like it kind of started in March, you know, for us in Iowa with, with schools closing. It's just, this is the way life is for now. And... It could be for a while yet. Right. Um, you know, I know on a daily basis, you know, th- there's masks. We're talking about contract tracing. I know that you're doing that. Um, the number of our students and staff in quarantine and other local conditions. I mean, these are just, you know, terms and vocabulary that now you live with mm-hmm. and have been for months. Right. And it, it, it's interesting, too, when things change. So when the cha- the CDC made the change to 14-day quarantine, which is a nice, easy thing because you can count 14 days and you're sure. done. Yep. Now there's all these factors. And I was talking to a staff member yesterday, and she's like, how do you keep this all in your head? I said, oh, well, I've forgotten phone numbers and birth dates. You know, I, but I can tell you that on— <laughs> You'll have so much capacity. Uh, yeah, it's gone. It's gone, you know, 7 plus or minus 2. But, you know, it's that— um, you know, at day five, you can do this, and which means impacts day seven or day 10 or day 14. Yeah. And so it's this constant decision um, in your head of thinking through what what's the right data at that moment yeah. and how do you advise someone. But yeah, it's, um, it's ever changing too. And that was one thing I, I remember saying at my interview was, we'll try something and we're going to have to change, yeah. right? We know that we're going to learn more. And as we learn more, we adapt. And, and I think that's what we've been doing throughout the school year. Yeah. So. Well, I give our our parents and our community and our staff and and honestly our, our students as well a lot of credit because I really feel as though they understand that. I know, um, and I've talked about this before, but from a communication standpoint, we got we had to shift a lot in in how we approached our communication, and and it very quickly turned into well here's where here's where our communication is right now. 
And I remember situations where um, we communicated something and literally two hours later, we were about ready to communicate the exact opposite of that just because of how things were changing. Right. And that still applies. Um, I actually sent a text message to, um, it's a friend of mine, um, but they have you know students in our district and they're like, so this is the way it is, right? Uh, yes, as of today, as of this moment, I don't anticipate it changing, but at the same time, you know, don't, uh, don't be upset if it does change two months from now, because I don't know. Well, and that's, I think that's the interesting is it's that caveating of anything you say anymore. You know, you feel like, um, I, I sent something out today and it's like, well, as of the 6th of January at 9am, this is what I understand. And because it's hard, right? You expect, things to be, this is the fact, this mm-hmm. is how it is, and you move on. Yeah. But it's that revisiting of that, that, that it's challenging to kind of, you have to date stamp, you know, timestamp so many things to make sure that yeah. it's like, well, yeah, that was what we thought two days ago. Yeah. Things have changed. One of the things that um, I think we always need to continue to think about, and we can talk maybe about a couple examples of this, is although it's been nine months here, it is still new. And we don't know everything. We're still learning. Um, apparently, you know, the, the the virus is evolving and changing as well. So, you know, we'll have that to deal with. But talk about the concept of like sort of guidelines. So, you know, we have metrics or local conditions in our district that help make decisions. But also, you know, you referenced it before, 14 days, 7 days, are these magic numbers that scientists suddenly know? It's like after 14 days, then all is good. Seven days, all is good. Like, talk us through that. Yeah, and, and that's, again, it's human nature, right? You want a quick answer. Yeah. Is it this or is it this? Um, we all do. Yeah, I'd like to know easier? when this is going to be done. Yeah, I'll give you a date. It'll be done. You know, I'd love that, too. Yeah. My kids would, too. Yeah. Um, but, no, I, I think that's, um, you know, just thinking through um, – how how to adapt to the change right and how to how to think through dates and think through through those times um i lost my train of thought a little bit there because i'm thinking i know yeah eight things right so um when we talk about like guidelines and sort of like big picture you know because we're like the CDC, for example, but then the district on a smaller level is, you know, we're making decisions with, for us, 5,000 students in mind, and the CDC is thinking about, you know, 300 million people in mind. And so there has to be like this overarching movement, like, okay, here's the guideline, but clearly it doesn't apply to every situation across the board. Right. Well, and it's the same thing, like we, we said at the beginning, that you know, six feet of social distance and 15 minutes. It's another Does great example. Mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. If I'm six foot one inch yeah. and you sneeze, am I still safe or not safe? Yeah. If I am around someone for 15 minutes or 14 minutes and 30 seconds, you know, there were some school districts that were, you know, getting people up and running around at the beginning of the school year. If, you know, get people apart if they've been together for so long. Yeah. And, not and us. No, no, we, we did not. But it was that. like at the 14 minute mark, they had Ding. timers. You're yeah, right. It's had... like, okay, move around because then it's not 15. Well, that's not how viruses work either. No, you know, it's. It isn't. It isn't. And, but, but it's trying to understand that and trying to understand what does that really mean, yeah. right? Um, with, with our metrics, does, does a case count of 30.1, is that really materially different than 29.9? Yeah. 
from yeah. no, no it's, not. it's not but you have to put a cut point somewhere sure. right if not you can't make any decision Correct. but you know it's it's those shades of gray yeah. that are just really hard because people want to say okay at this number this happens well it, it's not that simple. Yeah. You have to think of all the other things. You know, same thing with with doing contact tracing. You know, we ask our teachers, or you know, when we're talking to the students, who have you been around for? And you have to pull, you have to pick a time frame, right? Yeah. About fifteen minutes. What does that mean? You know, um, does that mean you have zero risk if you're around yeah. them? If you were two feet away for five seconds, well, if they sneezed at that moment and you breathed sure. in at that right moment, could you be at a risk? Yes. Yeah. Um, but it's so hard because, again, human nature, you want to have a, I want to be able to define my little box yeah. and say, this is, I'm safe or I'm not safe, or this is the right decision or this is the right decision. But it's, it is, it's so murky. And I think that's one of the most challenging things too for people Absolutely. Um, and for our community is that we're trying to make decisions. We're trying to contact trace. We're trying to give you guidelines for things, but you know, yeah. so what I've, do those cut points mean? I, I've, I've, been a part you know I follow social media you know it's part of my job um, sometimes I like it sometimes I don't but um, but I get it and I also you know I start to see things like how can you guarantee you know this and so let's talk a little bit about like just mid the concept of mitigation strategies and and what that does because I think it it goes along the mm -hmm. lines of what we're currently talking about right you so the, the idea with a risk mitigation strategy is you're mitigating risk you're not eliminating yeah it, right there is no way to eliminate, to fully eliminate risk unless you literally were just in your home, did not interact with anyone, did not yeah. have any deliveries, you know, like you fully locked down. Yeah. Um, so with with this, everything that we do is, is looking at that balance of, okay, what are the things that we can do? It's kind of like a Swiss cheese model, yeah. right? So what are all those pieces that we can put together to make sure, or to try to prevent, but we can't guarantee anything. Yeah. Right. Um, we're just gonna try to do things to make things as safe as we can. Yeah. So I, and we have to make decisions, you know, not only about what hap what is happening in our building, but, you know, here in the middle of Iowa, we do have a large university and a, and a huge population of um, people in their 20s. And, you know, that does play a factor for us. I feel like, you know, we're in a very different situation, us along with um, Iowa City, you know, Des Moines, where there's a lot of activity. It's going to be a lot different than a rural um, community as well. And so those all, all do come into play as well as far as factors. Yeah. And, and we're, again, this is one of those pieces that we learned. Being beginning of September, we knew our numbers were going to go up because we had an influx of people yeah. on camp, you know, coming to our town. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? We didn't know. No. You know, we don't know. We know that it's not, again, they don't live in a bubble. Yeah. Iowa State isn't, you know, they don't no, just all stay no, in one place. They go not. to the stores. They go to restaurants. They go yep. to all those places, yep. right? So what does that interaction look like, and how does that affect us? Yeah. Well, we learned that, you know, we, got, we had a huge influx. We had, you know, our, our positivity went way up, but it didn't then transfer to a huge then community spread yeah. in September yeah. when people were outside. Can we say in January we can guarantee that it's, you know, that, again, we won't see a problem? Yeah. I don't know that we can guarantee anything because yeah. now people are indoors more. Right. And those interactions are different. So, it, yeah, it, it, it's a challenge, too, because just the effect it, it has on our population and just our, our town. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I had heard you say this at the school board um, meeting as well, you know, but we also anticipated um, a surge after Thanksgiving break, and we didn't necessarily see that, nope. not only in our buildings, but in our community as well. And um, 
but not to say that it couldn't, you know, after this winter holiday break, but, you know, so far, um, you know, we'll, 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 see. we'll keep looking. We'll keep looking at the numbers. So how are you holding up? You know, you've had to think about this for, you know, months now. I mean, and, and honestly, everybody has, but, you know, much more um, intensely being it is your job to look right. at these things. You're talking with people who are sick or who have been in contact, and um, that can be in a very uh, an emotional mm-hmm. thing for people to go through. Um, h- how are you doing? <laughs> well, the, the winter break was great. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was important for me. I think it, it allowed me to take a little bit of that time to uh, sleep a little more. Uh, with the nature of this, we get you know I am getting calls or contacts every day of the week, seven days a week. Yeah. Um, you know, it is, it'd be nice if it's like Monday through Friday. Oh, nothing happens on a Saturday Yeah, right, or eight to five. Now, Virus takes a break takes in a the break. evening. <laughs> Nobody report. And, you know, most of our reports initially, you know, the results were coming back after 5 p.m. So then you have to quickly go, oh, sure. how is this going to affect, you know, do do we need to, to stop people from coming to school tomorrow? Yeah. Do we need to, you know, do we need to get staff for tomorrow? How is this going to affect things? So, you know, I think... It's good. I'm holding up okay. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is a stress. and But what I think is really rewarding, again, is talking to the staff and just hearing um, and being able to connect with them because they're stressed out. They're worried. Uh, same thing with parents, too. They're concerned. And trying to allay and answer the things that I can answer, which I don't have all the answers, yeah. but here's what we do know. Here's, here's what this could look like, and yeah. here's how we can support. Um, that helps. Um, it, it mitigates for me some of that, you know, 7 a.m. on a, a Saturday phone call yeah. or, you know, an 8 p.m. phone call on any other day of the week. It's, it's being able to see how that's making a difference. But, you know, it, it, it is not, if you asked me in August if this is exactly what I thought I'd be doing and how I would be doing it, nah, so completely different. <laughs> what has surprised you? You know, for me, I think what surprised is, is you were talking about social media and the public yeah. nature, right, of that. Um, I've worked... You, in hospitals for years and years mm-hmm. um, and had decisions questioned and, you know, why did you do this or why did yeah. you say this? Um, it's just at a more amped up level uh, than I, you know, where you have you're in a more public yeah. uh, perspective, which that has been a shift for me personally, sure. just to think about, you know, um, exactly how do you answer a question to make sure that try to prevent yourself from saying something wrong mm-hmm. or being perceived the wrong way. Um, just, you know, in a, in a more public eye. So yeah. that's, that's been a, a, that was not something I think I anticipated to the level that it is, yeah. but you know, you adapt and you learn. You do. And, and you definitely do learn. I have come to the realization. So I didn't work, you know, prior I've been in this position, you know, three and a half years and, you know, it was eye opening for me too, um, knowing that, you know, every word that I write is on display for our community. And I very quickly came to the realization that in public education, we are working with the most valuable thing to parents. And that, you know, comes through very, you know, in in a normal year or what was a normal year, you know, prior to this year, um, I get it. And I even get it even more now. Right. And it's competing priorities for people too, right? Like what is important to me and my family may be different than what's important to you. It doesn't make it any less important or any less valuable or any less salient to me as a person. No, that's or exactly you. right. But it sometimes puts us as, at competing um, in competing places. So that you know, it's it's trying to support and, and always look at multiple sides. Yeah. To to a situation. No, absolutely. And you know, we um, talked about earlier. 
about being able to point to evidence and and because I think one uh, it could be argued and not argued, but I mean, I think there are valid points on both sides of, you know, should we be 100% virtual? Should we be 100% in person? Should we be in hybrid? And I think each one of those has very valid points. And the difficult part is, is none of those points are wrong. You know, as a parent, I'm a parent, you know, I have two kids who are in school and I'm not wrong in, in the way I think, but also neither is any other parent. Exactly, and and it's and that's probably the challenge. Is in some ways it pits people against each other. Yeah, and it shouldn't. Um, it shouldn't because everyone's trying to do what's right for their yeah, kids. Absolutely. And you know, I joke about the whole mama bear uh, <laughs> type of persona where you're like, I'm going to do anything to protect my kids. And I have kids that are in the district, and you know, yeah, yeah I want to, you know, I want to do those things. You know, and you always want to do what's right to those most important yeah. things. But um, it, it's important to just realize that's different for for everyone, and we shouldn't be pitting against each other. Right. It should be okay. Then how do we work together? Yeah, to make sure we can we're not going to make everyone happy you know i've joked that if no matter what decision you make you got 50 percent of the people upset at you or 30 percent of the people so you must be doing your job right. and all those people are right too though (laughs) i mean you know that's the that's the thing yep oh well you know these podcasts always go fast and i i say it every time we get to this point in the podcast but i do want to thank you dr kathy arnold you know we could do another one of these six months from now and sure. we would certainly have an update to to share um with our community if we did one 10 minutes from now things might have changed uh, well, that is very true um well again i want to thank you for being on this episode of the amazing education podcast i hope everyone who is listening or watching we are on youtube as well um i hope you enjoy what you heard. If you know you have any ideas on future podcast episodes, you know, never hesitate to reach out. We are on iTunes, we're on Google Play, and on YouTube, like we said before. But thanks again yes. for being on this episode. Thanks for having me. Absolutely.